Today on the show, we're talking about minimum wage. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path towards financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. Thanks for being here with us this week. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Trevor. And today, we are talking about none other than minimum wage. This topic has been in the news since recent announcements, and we'll get into that. But before we do, Trevor, can you talk about our June challenge that we're just launching now? Yeah, so what we're going to come up with is it's going to be called Just Do It June. And the premise of this is everybody has sort of dreams, aspirations, maybe of a side hustle or some sort of thing they've wanted to do, learn a new language, any anything like that. Just Our last episode was invest in yourself. So this is just just what's your, your aspirations and what's stopping you from doing it? What's holding you back? So we want to hear from our listeners and, and tell us, you know, what what's some you know, high-reaching goal that you've you've always wanted to do, or and, and what's holding you back from doing it? So our our goal is to motivate you this month to just do it, do what you want to do. So me, I wanted to start a. I was I'm a huge fan of consuming podcasts for many years. I'll say at least ten. And I I'm always fascinated by, you know, how you actually create a podcast and how you would, you know, produce good content. And I, I thought about doing this for probably five years. And I wish I would have did this five years ago. So for me, my just do it was to create a podcast. And I, I'm so glad I did. And there's an expression out there. It's you're more likely to regret the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So we're saying in June, just do it. And I do want to highlight that some of the most rewarding experiences are sometimes the most uncomfortable. So if there's something you do want to do and it makes you uncomfortable to start it, that's probably a good sign. Yeah, that's a very good point. So we will have all the details about our June challenge up on our website, livelifesymbol.ca. That website link will be in our show notes. Along with everything else we talk about today, we have a spew of amazing articles we're going to be helping to support our, our episode today. So... To no surprise, we are dedicating this episode to Ontario's wage increase, which was announced last week. Trevor, just lead into this episode and maybe bring our listeners up to speed who haven't been fully immersed in this latest news. So uh, announced just this week by the Ontario Provincial Government, uh, minimum wage is going up from $11.40 an hour to $14 an hour, January 2018, and then another dollar an hour to $15 an hour in January 2019. So that represents a 32% increase in pay, which is pretty substantial. While we are talking about an Ontario issue, Trevor and I just happen to be from Ontario, we think this is a great topic to cover regardless because it is, it's something that's going to impact everyone who lives in Ontario as well as others who don't live in Ontario. And, and that's why I think just any issue, any Canadian personal finance issue is so important to cover and talk about. And Trevor and I really pride ourselves on trying to stay in touch with whatever, every part, every part of Canada, even though we are from Ontario, because really like everything that happens in within the economy, regardless when within Canada affects us at some level. No, that's true. It, 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 uh, Ontario, tends to be the economic center of the country though so it, a lot of times uh, Ontario would lead the way on a lot of uh, economic issues oh definitely so 
definitely so i want to i want to just lead into this episode by saying why why does this wage increase matter and like i just said we're all affected by it from a small scale i think the things we purchase from companies who pay their employees minimum wage that's something that's we're going to all feel at a regular consumer level but large scale there are so many further implications that we're going to delve into too well just to your point minimum wage the increase in minimum wage is kind of like a tax on everybody who's not getting who's earning above minimum wage it, it, that's what it's going to represent when all the good cost of goods go and services go up because of minimum wage it's it's going to represent kind of a tax to everybody i really love that that's that's so basic but that's exactly what it is i've never stopped and thought about it that way i love that and so so on that point let's move forward and and we're going to first, I, before we talk about even about the changes, I want to look at minimum wage in general and take a moment to examine uh, the minimum wage across provinces. So um, from a McLean's article entitled Minimum Wage in Canada by the Numbers, Who Pays What Where and How It Breaks Down Across the Workforce. So when we look at this, um, they list every province in Canada and how much their minimum wage is. Alberta's minimum wage is moving up to $15 October 1st, 2018. So they're going to match us. But other than that, Ontario is the only province right now that is, is looks like it's going to see that in wage increase as of right now. But I mean, we look down, none of it is $13 an hour, New Brunswick, 11, Manitoba, 11, Northwest Territories, 1250. So this is all current as of right now. So Right now, Ontario is pretty in par with the rest of the provinces, but this is going to shoot Canada's minimum wage really through the sky. Yeah, and I think if when you look at these uh, by province, I think it's a reflection of how much it really costs to live in these areas, right? So it's, I think it probably costs more to live on average in Ontario than it does on average in Manitoba. I, I'm not speaking from a position of having facts, but just what I know about the two provinces uh, and so none of it is probably a pretty expensive place to live just based on its uh, isolation. So I, I think uh, we're we're lagging behind. It's it's about time we got a an increase. I'd read in, in some of these articles we're covering, there was a, over the last five years, Ontario, inflation in Ontario has gone up 11.5%. I, I might be quoting it. It's 11 point something. But minimum wage has gone up uh, around eight percent so we're, it looks like we're overdue for this increase definitely and that is something that i've heard around as well is that this is long overdue i do want to note out that um saskatchewan for example their their minimum wage is adjusted relative to the, to the consumer price index and average hour, hourly wage so they really they really move it along based on on other factors yeah, and that, that's probably the best way to do it. I, I'm not sure why Ontario isn't in, in moving in that direction because these these huge jumps in, in minimum wage, I think they really create a disruption in the economy. Or that's what we're going to see anyway. Oh, for sure. And I mean, some, a lot of these articles we're going to mention today, they talk about how when we have had increases in minimum wage in the past, everyone everyone panics, but obviously the market corrects itself and everyone is fine. But I mean, uh, Saskatchewan is not the only province who operates this way. We've got, we also have Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, 
Um, and I, I might be missing one. Yukon is also another one. So though they all adjust in the same way. And this, like you just said, the gradual increase uh, year by year seems a little bit more sustainable and maybe something that won't get everyone um, all in a, in, a, in a worry. Yeah, it creates a real frenzy when you do this 32% increase. It, 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 some people hit the panic button. Some people... The, you know, some people who receive this increase, they're gonna start spending like they, they've they've won the lottery. So it's, I I think it's it's a wrong approach. Oh, I agree with that. I do want to highlight that um, McLean's also breaks down the proportion of the workforce um, who earns minimum wage by province, and our two highest is Ontario with eight point nine percent, and New Brunswick with seven point nine. So, and the other provinces, we've got, we have Quebec and Manitoba, who both have about 6%. So, I really find this interesting that Ontario, like what like you were saying earlier, Trevor, that Ontario is going, going to, it has the highest proportion of minimum wage workers, probably because Ontario is the most populated. But I'm wondering if this is going to encourage, I'm wondering what the repercussions of this is. Are, is that going to look appealing for other Canadians in different provinces to take up work here on Ontario? What's going to happen? Well, to start with, I, I'm shocked the number was that low. I really thought it was higher. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't know the number. I thought it was more closer to 20%, but it's actually ha- around half that. So 8.9%, that, I, I, so 8.9% of the people are going to be affected by this would be an understatement. What's going to happen is the people currently making 15 bucks an hour, they're going to become minimum wage earners. And they were being paid above minimum wage for a reason. Their, their job demanded uh, more than the basic um, level of responsibility. So those people are going to see a wage increase if those employees, in fact, want to continue to have greater expectations than a minimum wage job would, would have. So... This is going to have a, a domino effect. So I think it affects more than 8.9% of the people. Definitely. And we will go on to talk about that. I do want to note, too, that these statistics I am quoting are 2013 statistics. Ms. McLean's released this article um, May 30th, so just a few a few days ago. But these statistics are a few years old now, so I'm sure the numbers have changed quite a bit since. But at least it gives us a baseline to go off of. Well, and I would think, you know, Alberta with the... Uh, downturn in the oil industry. I got to think there's more people making minimum wage than 1.8% today. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I I do want to note, and they highlight this quite a bit, that the the percentage of men and women who make minimum wage, men with 5.5% and women with 8%, we will go on to talk about this, but there is a some undertones that women will, with this wage increase, see um, pay more pay equity between gender and to further examine that we have full-time full-time workers earn uh make up 3.4 percent who earn minimum wage and part-time is 21.8 percent so i think that's a really um important number to take note of in that there are more part-time minimum wage earners than full-time so we have talked about our part-time we had an episode on part-time work and in that episode we talked about how that is growing increasingly popular among employers. So that, d- that number doesn't surprise me. It's probably gotten higher since. Well, p- part of the reason I think uh, you're seeing, if I'm an employer and I have a minimum wage employee, that employee could, uh, if they're willing to work for minimum wage, they can find another minimum wage job in a, in a moment's notice. So I think minimum wage employees are probably 
they switch jobs more frequently, leaving the employer um, in, a, in a bad situation. So employers tend to want to employ those people in a part-time capacity so they, they have more employees, and which gives them more flex- flexibility. That's exactly what I was going to say. And also, now that employers will be paying their employees more, the trend is to have part-time employees. So maybe that there you don't have to hand out as much in, um, medical be- medical coverage, medical benefits, and things like that. Which it, so maybe this will help perpetuate that issue. Yeah, I don't know. I think it stays the same. I don't see that changing. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Because the employer still has that same issue that this employee can go find another minimum wage job, I'll say quite easily. So they're going to be less reliable to me as an employer. Okay. And that's that's the push for um, part-time work. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, last question before we move on to some of the impacts of this change in minimum wage. I, and you kind of did touch, touch on it before, but... Uh, where are we going to see an increase in minimum wage this substantially across all the provinces in Canada? Well, it it should reflect the the cost of living in each of these provinces. But what might happen is you might see, uh, you know, people that were maybe considering moving to Ontario for whatever reason, now they're going to move to Ontario for sure because you know if if one of the say a couple lives in Alberta and the oil interest down and their minimum wage is less, and they're originally from Ontario, and they were contemplating moving back, you know, maybe this is the one that, the the straw that breaks the camel's back and makes them make that move. I, I think other provinces, I mean, it might create political pressure on those provincial governments saying, look, Ontario's doing it, why don't we? Uh, but uh, unless the cost of living uh, requ- requires it or s- suggests that it needs to happen, I, I don't see why other provinces would have to follow suit, but I would guess political pressures would make provinces that compare well to Ontario, like Alberta, BC, maybe even Quebec, to to make that change. Do you think, just seeing the numbers and the difference in minimum wage across provinces, do you think there should be some kind of mathematical formula that considers the consumer price index and different factors in each province in order to formulate some kind of mathematical equations so that each province operates under the same minimum wage criterion, even if the amounts aren't the same, be taken into consideration all the other factors? Well, I, I think it should, in a perfect world, it should follow inflation. I, I mean, I get wage increases every year based on inflation. So we, that really should be the only driving factor. So if it, whatever inflation moves by, that's what minimum wage should go up by. But if, if the economy deflates and we, we see, a, you know, the economy slow down in a recession, those same people should not see any increases in, in that particular year. And that, no, and that makes complete sense. So I do now want to move on to some theoretical impacts of this minimum wage wage increase. And we have six that we've put together for you, our listeners, to kind of think about and mull over as we discuss them here. So one, our employment rates. Two, cost of goods. Number three, inflation. Number four, number four, economic conditions. Number five, impacts on business and companies. And number six, competitive pay. So those are our kind of overarching impacts that we'll delve into. I mean, they're a little bit overlapping, but 
those are kind of the main areas from different perspectives that we're going to kind of examine during this episode. So let's get into employment rates. So this one I find really interesting because while people are being paid more, there is so much talk about cutting the number of employees employed at any organization, given that the employers now have to pay each employee more. Yeah, and this is a real thing for small companies. I know working for a corporation, when our costs go up in, in say, raw materials or, say, wages, the company is not going to make less money because of that. They're going to task the management of that organization to find ways to cut costs somewhere else. So what you you often see, the most controllable cost you have is people. So what you'll often see is, I'll I'll take a a restaurant. You might have a a bunch of servers and cooks and whatnot and a a supervisor. And what's going to happen is they're going to have, because they're, they're going to refuse to be less profitable, they're going to maybe get rid of one of their servers and that supervisor becomes a working supervisor. So they're going to have to supervise and work like in, in serving tables as well. And what you end up with is, is a reduction in supervision, which in essence may end up in a, a reduction of quality to the customer. So at the end of the day, the customer is not benefiting as much. And the only real person benefiting in this scenario then is the employee employed at 14 and now $15. If you think of it, it's the Robin Hood effect. If you increase minimum wage and the owner of that business becomes less profitable, that means you've decreased their wage. So it becomes a zero-sum game in, in, the, in the sense of a small business. And so if I'm the owner, I'm not going to accept a reduction in pay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restructure my organization so I can at least make the same amount of money and have, I guess, fewer employees. And there is talk in this one article by Adam Miller from Global News entitled, entitled Who Wins and Who Loses in Ontario's Decision to Raise Minimum Wage to $15 an Hour. And in this article, there is discussion about creating uh, lowering small business tax rates and corporate tax rates and even the idea of subsidizing giving subsidies to or organizations so having the government subsidize organ organizations and businesses giving them a little bit of a break so that they can then pay their employees so what do you think of this i described earlier how minimum wage is a tax on everybody earning above minimum wage because the cost of goods and services will go up well if you're gonna provide some additional services and benefits for people making minimum wage, that's going to take tax dollars as well. So, I, I mean, it, you got to saw it off somewhere. My, my worry is that it is going to, I mean, I'm, I, I know a lot of people at my age who are working minimum wage and already, I mean, the job market with the baby boomers in there is already a little bit, it's, it's, I think it's kind of, it's, I think it's challenging to work in any job the job market today, regardless of minimum wage or over minimum wage. But if if the employment rates go up, then already we feel that's not going to help at all. I don't think minimum wage was designed for people to, you know, live. In our country, minimum wage isn't designed for people to survive on as a sole source of income. You know, you you would need to live in shared accommodations with with a spouse or friends or something, 
minimum wage, you know, people say they can't survive a minimum wage. It's not designed. I don't think it was designed to survive on as a sole source of income. And it's funny you say that because within Adam Miller's article, there is a quote, and I'll read it. Quote, step in the, this is a step in the right direction to help move more than 1.7 million Ontarians who make within $4 of minimum wage to get lifted out of poverty, end quote. So the logic behind this increase is that it is just what we need to bring people over the poverty line. Well, if you want to help people, I think the government would be far better to make education more accessible to people than, like people need a hand up, not a hand out. So making education more accessible uh, or affordable so people can improve, improve their lot in life and maybe pursue even, you know, have aspirations of, of income even higher than minimum wage, that's going to move the needle more than increasing minimum wage. I absolutely love that because, and I never thought about it like that, but honestly, raising minimum wage is the equivalent to putting a Band-Aid on a problem. If you really want to get to the core of it, the roots of it, dig down, make, you're right, make post-secondary education very accessible. Well, minimum wage will always, those jobs will always exist. They're not going away. But if people are, are struggling to survive on minimum wage jobs, they weren't designed for that. You know, they, they, you're going to s- struggle to survive a minimum wage. You, you need to find a avenue out of minimum wage to to really get ahead. So those those minimum wage jobs at Tim Hortons, they're always going to exist, but they weren't designed, in my opinion, to support uh, someone's lifestyle. And but at the same time, I do deeply commend all the individuals who are um, living fruitfully on minimum wage because we all know it's it's definitely a challenge. So I think it is incredible when. Uh, our listeners out there and anyone else they may know are making minimum wage work for them. Oh, and I have an uh, unbelievable, uh, I'm awestruck by the people that make it work be- because I, I have a, a ton of respect for those people because the sacrifices they have to make to, to survive on minimum wage would be phenomenal. Like, a, But I, I just think it's it's not sustainable. You could do that for a short time, but I don't think you could do it for a lifetime. Definitely. And I think I think that is where this minimum wage increase is coming from is because the government does realize that a lot of people are making minimum wage. They are trying their best to make ends meet. And given the circumstances, I think there there is a very good reason why um, the, this increase is needed and that it will honestly help a lot of the minimum wage earners out there. So let's move on to cost of goods. So cost of goods... It's, it's stretching from the food you eat at a restaurant to to everything that you buy as a consumer from an organization or business that employs minimum wage workers. Well, if you think of everybody that works at... So everyone that shops at Walmart. I mean, I, I, I hate the store, but I shop there because the prices are great. I'm pretty sure, I don't know for a fact... I'm pretty sure most of the people that work there make minimum wage. You probably agree? Like, is that yeah, an assumption you have? Yeah, I'd have to agree. So you, do, and I don't think for a minute Walmart is going to let their profitability suffer because of Ontario's minimum wage at, at all. So I got to think everything I buy at Walmart is going to be more expensive. I'd I'd have to argue that point just because 
Walmart is such a corporate giant that I don't think you can compare it to. I think what's going to, who's really going to suffer is that Walmart will keep their prices generally the same. So every consumer's buying dollar is going to go a lot further at Walmart than it will for their local sporting store if they're looking to pick up. Um, I mean, in my back of my hometown, I've there's this really awesome out uh, sporting store. They sell bikes and baseball gloves, hockey sticks, and they're a family-run business who's been in our town for generations. And it's it's a small local business, so they're gonna suffer as opposed to the Walmart in, our t- in my in my hometown because the every consumer's dollars is gonna go that much further at this at the giant corporation beast. So I think that is what's going to really kill. And that, that's what killed Zellers. If any of your listeners out there remember Zellers, Zellers was it was it was it was put out of business because of Walmart and their competitive pricing. Well, you know, back to your thing with that that sporting goods store, that small family-run store. Those people, they're just going to hire one fewer person at minimum wage. But okay, here's my argument for that. A st- they're a, so, there's so they're going to work. The owners will be working more hours themselves. They'll just employ fewer people. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. They're going to have to, the the owner or management, I guess the owner of the organization will have to exert more energy. But here's my argument behind that, in that currently, right now, there no employer is going to hire, actually they might, but hire way more people than necessary. I mean, that's extra, extra spending. You're spending extra money that you don't need to spend. So no organization is going to hire five extra people that they really don't need. They, they might. Some some employers are amazing like that. But generally, they're probably at the perfect amount of employees to make their their organization function optimally. And the owner themselves are probably pretty swamped and would would probably want to help out with the store because it's their passion. They started it for a reason if they had the time um, and energy to do that. But they're not currently, which means they're probably tied up at their management end of it. So I'm I'm just looking and thinking about the actual logistics of of hiring fewer people. And I'm very skeptical that this is going to work across the board. Well, I, I guarantee you Walmart is not going to be less profitable. That is not on the table. So they're going to hire fewer people or increase their prices without question. So again, the customer might suffer. But Walmart, no, the customer won't suffer. They won't let that happen. They're going to increase their prices. The ma and pa shop that Sporting Goods Story described, the owner is going to have to work longer hours because of this. That's that's the way I see it. That's the only solution. So with this, you're kind of squashing on like, future entrepreneurial dreams. I mean, anyone who wanted to become an entrepreneur and know that they will, they will themselves have to put in a lot extra more more work and time than they would have before and hire fewer people to help them out. I mean... It's kind of it's really benefiting or not benefiting. Sorry, the, the the small players in the field. Well, even if you wanted to buy into a Tim Hortons franchise, for instance, that the scenario they the picture they might paint for you is you as the owner may have to be more involved in the day to day operations. So it, it, even if you didn't want to start a business, you just want to buy a franchise, you're going to be faced with the same scenario. If you think really think about the situation, we are before the current situation right now where everyone gets paid eleven forty is more of a socialist situation where you're really spreading um you're spreading the dollars across a large net of people. But as soon as you you raise minimum wage, you're eliminating some people from the field and it's turning more into a capitalist society if you like at a very, very small scale if you really look at it. 
Well, actually, I think increasing minimum wage, it's kind of a, it's kind of more socialist mentality in that you've made the cost of doing business in this country more expensive in, in the defense of the indefensible is, is sort of the approach they've, the government's taken, at least in the, in Ontario, I think it's more of a socialist move than a capitalist move. Yeah, I know. I do see that. I just, as soon as we, at the end of the day, it has to work. So when we, we're, people are going to be left unemployed from this minimum wage increase, like that is a hundred percent without a doubt going to happen. So those people, and then, and then if you think about it, it's just going to tumble. And I'm actually, the more we talk about this, afraid for unemployment rates because they're going to go up because people are going to, employers going to be less willing to take a chance on hiring different employees when they know they have to pay them 14 and then soon $15 an hour. But maybe that's what moves those people to pursue uh, higher education or something like that. So it may, maybe it ends up being a good move. I really do hope for the best from this. But I mean, at the end of the day, we do know that with unemployment, sadly, poverty and crime rates do rise as well. So those are the negative repercussions of, of this. But if, if yes, if we do, if people, this would push people to um, dr- really dream bigger and grab hold of an education to a, uh, to get out of the minimum wage market, then yes, this this is a perfect movement. So let's move on to um, impact number three, inflation. So this isn't really an impact, but just how, I guess it is a little bit of an impact. What do, how, what do you think is going to happen with this? Well, without question, there we will see an inflation effect of this. It has to be if if they're going to continue. Again, with my thing, where the people that are currently making fifteen bucks an hour, they're going to make more. There's going to be a trickle effect, and it will eventually peter out. But people that make above minimum wage are going to see increases in pay as well. If you think of the consumer price index, it's it's the average price of a basket of goods, and if I see broccoli get more expensive. I don't keep buying broccoli. I buy a substitute. So the consumer price index really isn't the greatest measure of, of the cost of living because people tend to find alternatives. If the cost of cable TV goes up, people start watching Netflix. You know, they, they find other solutions. So And the closer you are to the bottom of the earnings scale, the more creative you have to be. So I, I think if people get an increase in pay, they're going to... They're gonna they're gonna spend more money, and the so I think it would it'll help move the economy forward. The ideally, you would you would bring an increase in a minimum wage when we're in a depressed economy, you know, when we're in a recession. This would be a great thing to take us out of it. Right now, we're in a booming economy. The timing of this seems very political. I think this is all about getting votes in the upcoming election. Uh, they've recently announced they're going to offer um, free drug care, uh, prescription drugs to anyone under the age of 25. Again, that sounds political. So I, I think they're making some political moves here, the Ontario government. Uh, and, but to me, this would have been a great tool or lever to pull in a recession. Definitely, because this leaches into impact number four, economic conditions. And if, in a really great article I read by Morgan Morgana Weiser, she said that, quote, increase economic, it will increase economic activity and spur job growth, um, end quote. So I do agree that the naturally when people receive in, an increase in pay, they will spend more and it really will spur the economy. But like you just said, it would be so much more beneficial if, if, if our economic conditions needed that right now. 
Well, and it, that that spur would be is very short term. I mean, oh yeah. You, you, as soon as prices go up, those minimum wage earners, their purchasing power will disappear. Or the additional purchasing power will disappear. So I I think you're. The, the timing, it would have been great to pull this in, in the upcoming recession. We all know one is coming. We've been in a boom way too long. So in, in the depths of a recession, this would have been an awesome, awesome tool. But if we go back to what we were discussing earlier in that our minimum wage has not been keeping up with inflation, do you think there really will be that much much inflation? Inflation is so, uh, is so low on an annual basis right now. If you go back to the 1980s, it was running around four or five percent right right now it's running below two percent on average a year i don't think inflation is is really uh a huge i mean sure minimum wage should have been moving with inflation it wasn't we need to catch up but i don't think we're that far off the mark and actually i want i do want to bring up this point within arthur McEwen's. Um, article within dollar and cents uh, it's called the minimum wage and inflation he says that if you look at who purchases goods produced by minimum wage earners it is minimum wage earners themselves so he's an example that if you go to mcdonald's um, if a low-income person were to buy a meal at mcdonald's um, part he says quote part of the increased wages will be eroded uh, by increased prices so that to me says you've got an equal sum gain and that it's it, it, you've got inflation right there. So I, I think we're going to see that a little bit more than anything because you'll see, I mean, because it, it does make sense. You're, you're putting your dollars back into the market that you could afford because another example was um, luxury cars. That's not the luxury car market is not really going to be infected that much because minimum wage earners may not be purchasing those luxury cars. Well, this this is exactly your point. This is where it's a tax on the people earning above minimum wage. So, the people who earn a lot of money, who are in the expensive car market, they're also buying coffee at Tim Hortons. So they're they're impacted by this. They're paying the tax on this as well as the minimum wage earner. Yes, but but for the minimum wage earner, it's essentially exactly or close to what they're paying for their coffee before the increase in prices and the increase in minimum wage yeah it's a short-term boost long-term zero-sum game exactly exactly let's move on to impact number five i think at the end of the day businesses and companies are really going to feel the massive hit of this decision obviously because they are paying their employees more but i mean they're just getting hits from every, every angle they're the ones who are really suffering with this so the way it happens, it, there will be eventual price increases to offset this in, increasing cost of running your business. But it's the this is an opportunity for big business to put small business out of business. And what happens is big business could hold out the longest without increasing the prices. So Walmart, they will hold out longer than the small businesses on increasing the price of hockey sticks. And they'll be able to do that longer. And so this 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 is an opportunity to put more businesses like Zellers out of business. And so it really, if a company is strategic enough, they'll use this uh, as a, as a tool to be, to, to kill the competition. 
I completely agree with that. But you, you said that in almost a way that you weren't supporting the small businesses because I, I think we all have a little bit out there for the big corporations. And I think we like the small uh, entrepreneurs out there. That is who really uh, there's such a push to support. Well, the small business is going to struggle to hold their prices given the increased cost of doing business with minimum wage increases they're going to the only way they're going to be able to hold their prices is to you know cut a job out of their workforce and work the those hours themselves and they'll have to do that until the their competitors like Walmart or the big business competitors finally increase their prices because of the increased cost of doing business but you're going to see the Walmart of the world hold out as long as possible to kill competition. That That is a, a natural evolution of business. And the scary reality of that is that's going to sadly happen. Uh, I mean, it's it's not it's it's Walmart of Walmart of the world are these giant corporations that realistically can hold off for a while before raising their their prices and these smaller, smaller businesses yeah, they're going to really feel it, I think, immediately following after because already being an entrepreneur is challenging in itself because you already are against um, giant corporations. So they're going to feel it a lot. And I really do hope that, I mean, a lot of our small businesses can really push through and and survive, but it's definitely not a thriving place for an entrepreneur right now. Well, I work as a in corporate finance as a financial analyst. And anybody who who runs a business strategically, they've been anticipating a minimum wage increase if that's part of their business uh, for a long time. You know, they, they've seen this coming. Maybe they didn't know the exact number, but they've been planning for this. So it's, they, they, they have a plan already in place in anticipation of a minimum wage increase. A company like Walmart, they saw this coming. They already know what they're going to do. Yeah, no, and you're right, and it's definitely, and I'm sure the small businesses have the same plan in place where. It, well, that's the problem. I think a lot of small businesses don't. They just they tend to just react to what happens. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So one has the the competitive advantage in that sense too. Yeah, one is strategic and one is reactive. Definitely. So I do hope in all of this for any of our listeners who are small business owners or know someone who's a small business owner really uh, make it through this period and I'm sure I'm sure the hype the hype is always worse than the outcome anyway but I really do hope that um, the the businesses do continue to prosper and that this is more of just kind of some worry and scare tactics that will uh, the market will even out afterwards so let's move on to our last impact competitive employee pay um I just gave this a I, the title I, I'm sure it could be a little bit more finesse but it's it, we're just talking here about how People who make $15, $14 right now, that is above minimum wage, will demand an increase in their own pay to stay above the minimum wage pay because that's what they're earning before. And then we can take that at a large scale as well and look at it as a domino effect that will affect everyone from the minimum wage all the way up to your your CEO who will all demand an increase in pay to, to, stay, to stay where they were prior to the increase in minimum wage. Well, I personally think increase in pay should be delivered based on the value you offer the company you work for. And I look at what I what I do uh, uh, if I if I think I'm delivering exceptional value to my company, 
I feel very confident in asking for an increase in pay. So competitive pay should be based on the value you deliver to the organization you work for. So do you think, though, that the... I mean, I have friends who do make above minimum wage right now, and and they're they're a little they're a little angry about it because they feel that their pay should go up proportionally as well. Well, one one of two things will happen to those people. They'll either lose motivation and they say if you're only pay me minimum wage, I'm only going to deliver minimum wage type of service to your organization. That's that's philosophy 1, which would be a bad philosophy. Philosophy 2 would be I have to uh, re-educate my employer on the value I am bringing to that employer, to my employer, and, and maybe even step up my game. But at a large scale, I, I, th- I think the onus is on the employee, not the employer. Th- this is the opportunity for the employer to say, "Okay, if you think you deserve more than minimum wage, show me that you do. Show me that you're bringing more value to this company than minimum wage." This is a, this is a chance for the employer to. Test the metal of their employees. But shouldn't the employer be worried about retaining um, star star performers and, and, and worry about losing them to other jobs? Well, that's just it. If they prove that they're a star employer, then, then the employer is going to act appropriately. They, they don't want to lose a good employee. They, they'll step up and, and pay them accordingly. Okay, yeah. So so I think a little bit of the onus is on the employer to, to make sure that they don't lose their employees while... Um, I, I'm just, I just see personally, I just see a lot of employees just demanding, um, a pay increase from their employers, but I guess the employers then you're right. Take the onus onto them and say, well, prove, prove me that you deserve a pay increase. Well, I think it's a little more, it's, it's it becomes a little more obvious for the per- person currently making $15 an hour and minimum wage gets to $15 an hour that, that, that discussion is a, a little more elementary. But I think the person, say, making $18 an hour, that becomes a little more clouded. To me, the onus is on that employee to demonstrate why they need to make 20 bucks an hour now, that minimum wage is 15 You know, they need to demonstrate their value to that organization. No, and, and I, it's, yeah. It's on the employee, not the employer. I completely agree with that point. Uh, and it, this, so this does provide an opportunity to, to almost... To almost figure out who your star employees are and which ones will work hard for that increase in pay. So this is almost a good opportunity for organizations who don't pay their employees minimum wage. That that is an absolutely a great analogy there. That who who your stars are. That it's a time for to find out who's going to shine. I like that. So let's and, and employees should look at this as an opportunity, not a burden, to demonstrate those skills. I absolutely love that point because I think that is currently the conversation that's going on right now is individuals who are making above minimum wage are are groaning that that this is just this isn't this isn't good for them that they've they've worked hard to make above minimum wage and now they're just gonna be on par. But I I think I think from that you have the people who are saying, well, I can go get another job at minimum wage. I don't need to bust my butt here anymore. That says a lot about the person who says that. So, um, if if they're either they can either take that mentality, which is just fine. If they want to go work another minimum wage job, that's completely fine. It's whatever the individual wants to get out of that job, 
Or you have that other employee who says, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to work with my employer. I'm going to prove that I deserve a pay increase and I'm going to go for it. So, I mean, either or, I mean, I think, I think this is also a good opportunity that if you are, that the minimum wage is going up. So if you are making 15 and you can now jump to ship to another job where you're going to make 15 as well. So I think that is a good opportunity because if that's your mentality, that's fine. If you just want to go to work and go home and that's all you're looking for, then that's awesome because you can kind of jump ship to something else. Maybe that's not as strenuous, but it also gives you that opportunity to really shine. Yeah, I agree. If you flip this around, it could be an opportunity for an employer to to maybe reevaluate the position and say, you know what, maybe this is a minimum wage job. You know, maybe we can lower our expectations of that position. You know, maybe we... You know, we were overshooting when we when we brought somebody in above minimum wage. So it could be a chance for an employer to reevaluate their organizational structure. I love that point because taking that a little bit further, that can almost open up more jobs within an organization. If you start, if you lower, if you take a bunch of jobs where you currently pay someone 18, and I'm, I, I know this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it lower them all to 15, you could then put on more people. So you could create op- employment opportunities where you couldn't have elsewhere. Well, and maybe you, you, maybe you say you had two full-time $18 an hour employees and you, 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 you know, those two people quit and you replace them with say four part-time $15 an hour employees with, with all the flexibility that part-time employees offer that that could make your business run smoother maybe, you know? So like I say, when you, it's an opportunity to reevaluate your, your whole organizational structure. You're completely right. I, I really like the positives that you, you've been pulling out of this because there is a lot more than, than meets the eye initially. And it, it's in, when you saying that I, my next point was actually who loses in all of this. And honestly, everyone, everyone outside of the minimum wage earning realm from, from a business and organizational perspective are truly winning if you look at it from this perspective. Well, it kind of, it almost offers a, a chance to sort of reset, right? Reset everything and, and, and you know, st- start from scratch almost in a, in a way for some people. But it's the people at the high, the en- higher end of the earnings, earnings that they're the ones who are going to suffer. The people who, who are so far removed from minimum wage, all they're going to see is the, co- the cost of goods and services going up. So those are the losers. The minimum wage employees aren't going to gain as much as they initially might think they will. That's the only thing about this. And that, yes, a $14 and $15 minimum wage sounds incredible. But at the end of the day, in the long term, they might even be losing because of the price increases um, further down the chain of, of, of goods that aren't, say, produced by minimum wage um, employees. Well, I hate to think of someone got a, this minimum wage increase in pay and they maybe changed their accommodations to uh, get into a nicer apartment or maybe they up, upgrade their car thinking they have more money then uh, goods and services start to go up and it kind of erodes their their windfall and they're actually in a worse place now than they were before. Yeah, yes, and that's exactly the point um, I was I was trying I was trying to make in that... It, Yes, it looks amazing right now, but I I think if if individuals get too excited about the wage increase, it it will be their their enemy because if if they do have lifestyle inflation because of their inflated income, 
it's it's gonna it's gonna really it really ruin them so i think the best mentality to take forward is that accept the price increase continue your life as normal because at the end of the day with the price increases it will even out and eventually be an equal sum game in some markets yeah i go back to the walmart effect i mean there isn't probably anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't shop at Walmart for something. Those prices are going up. That that's a fact. So y- your your cost of like I buy groceries at Walmart and I buy electronic stuff at Walmart, and everything I buy there is it's, it's got to go up. Well, Walmart is not bec- going to become less profitable. It's just not going to happen. And you know it's going to go up for sure because because when you're your individuals who make the lowest amount of money in society are making an increase just in general. That means they, everyone will see it as an opportunity to increase prices just in general. Pretend you don't have to employ your, pay your employees more. Pretend employees just magically were given more money every week than before. Everyone will see that as an opportunity cost. Well, and if you think of the services, so there's a thing called price elasticity. So as the price goes up on certain things, we we don't buy them. So if if the price goes up on milk, you know what? Chances are we're still going to buy milk. If the price goes up on luxury cars, well, you know what? We might might not buy that luxury car. Well, minimum wage is connected to more of the inelastic things we buy, like milk, eggs, bread, food, gas. You know, people pumping work at gas stations. They're making minimum wage, most of them. Those type of services that that were are very inelastic. Those are the ones that are most impacted by this. So. It, it's not like we can choose not to buy these things. No, and that's a that's a fabulous point and one that I'm glad you brought up. So I think that really does bring us to the end of our discussion on minimum wage and the increase and the impact it's going to have on everyone in society. And I, if you're not from Ontario and you're not making a minimum wage, hopefully as a listener, this episode has enlightened you into our perspective on this situation and 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 what we think is going to happen and and a little bit because we do understand there's so there's there's so many conflicting articles and a lot of conflicting information about this and hopefully you're able to tune in today and we are able to shed light on on this issue and uh what what we think is going to transpire from this and that is it for our episode on minimum wage thank you so much for tuning in and make sure you head over to livelifesimple.ca to check out everything we have for just do it june we will be updating you on that next week and we hopefully you uh get involved and participate uh i will update you next week what trevor and i are doing for it ourselves and we'll see you back here next week thank you so much for being with us until next week keep it simple